Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Hi, you're sitting on The Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And this episode, we're going to be looking at guilt-free boundaries, which is a fantastic follow-on from what we talked about last week, Do You Attract Drama? So you might even want to listen to them one after the other, because in this episode, we really go into teaching people how to start to remove situations, people, behaviors out of their life when they don't really have the courage to say no or go away, leave me alone. And I mean, Oprah talks about this a lot over her career. She talks about how she really only started to take off in her own personal power when she learned to stop being a people pleaser. Oh, it's a very hard thing to do, to learn to say no. And the reason that people, or there's many reasons, but one of the biggest ones is the feeling that other people won't like me if I say no. I'm going to be rejected I'm not, I'm going to lose this friendship or this relationship or this business associate. Somebody's going to get angry at me if I say no. There's going to be conflict if I say no. It's going to be making me in a situation where if I owe them because I, they said yes to me before. So now I've got to say yes to them. Oh. You know, there's all of those things going yes. on. Bex having a bigger heart. I'm having here. And also <laughs> that one where you go, but who am I anyway to think I can say no to that? Like it's, there's so many different ways we come to this. I just realized, Jane. That's right. It's such a powerful word that has so much, dare I say it, drama attached to it. And everybody will have a different story, a different connotation. So it'll be good if we can touch on a few of those uh, so that you can identify with what's your issue with saying no. Because the biggest problem is if you can't say no is that you actually are a slave to everybody else's life and not to your own desires. You can't achieve what you wish in life if you are at the beck and call, if you are a puppet to everybody else who feels like dumping on you. And so it is so important to get this boundary happening firm in our life. The challenge first comes with what is your fear of saying no? So you've got to identify that. So as we started saying, for many people it is it means if I don't please this person, the relationship, and when I say relationship, I'm not just talking of a um, husband and wife or a partnership of any kind and uh, apologies to same-gender couples. I'm talking about any relationship with children, with friends, with parents, with co-workers. So what is the association with no there? Is it that they're going to withdraw that relationship? Are you going to lose your job? Are you going to lose the ease that you can spend your day at work? Is that person no longer going to invite you to their party? Are your children not going to love you? And so on it goes. So that's one of the issues. Mm. There's many ways of saying no as well. There you are. don't just have to stand there and go, no, no one's going to do that. It doesn't need to be quite that abrupt or dramatic or threatening, you know. I mean, there's ways, of course, that you can really elegantly word an email and come off still looking like an absolute winner and the nicest guy in the world <laughs> when you've actually said no. You, yeah, you can do this in text message, email. I am a fan of face-to-face, -face, though, because yes. we must remember that while the stats vary from between 80% and up to 97%, a largest chunk of our, our body language or our communication is nonverbal. Mm. And so if you're really going into a situation where you think there's going to be a negative outcome, and one of them, of course, another big one is that people have a fear of is conflict. Yeah. From saying no, I'm going to end up in an argument. 
I'm not as strong as them. I know I'll end up having to say yes anyway. Yes. So in if that's the scenario, sometimes it is good to hide behind a computer and send a well-written email and here's my rule on that. You type it and it must stay in your draft box for 24 hours. You yep. have to sleep on it. You then come back and I guarantee you, you will re-edit that. It will be softer and more loving when you send it. And we'll be very grateful you didn't send the original version, no matter how nice you think it is. Uh, so you can hide sometimes behind an email and it can serve. If you've got a big assertive energy that you're having to deal with, it can really serve to hide behind an email or text messages. Try to not to do text messages though because they're too short and true to the point, and they can be misinterpreted very easily. If, though, it is somebody that you genuinely love and you feel comfortable with, but you do have a fear that they're not going to like you as much if you say no, do it in person so they can read your tone of your voice, they can see the body language, your softness in your body, the way that you're extending. You could be, you know, touching them. You could be putting your hand on their knee or on their arm or really connecting with them kindly. And then we can get into the powerful words in a moment about how to use. Well, well I was going to, James. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Well, I was going to say eye language. So the most important thing is if you are scared of maybe a little bit of a, a lashing out sort of a reaction or a negative, a scary confrontation sort of a reaction, just make sure that every sentence you structure has eye in it, meaning you, it, as long as you talk about it from your perspective, technically the other person hasn't got anything to get angry about because you're not saying you. Well, and, and make sure it's not, I did it because you did it. Okay, so it's, it's, well, look, I'm sorry, I just really feel that in my life right now. Da, da, da. I've just, you know, I need to do this for me. That sort of language is what you must stick to because the minute you turn around onto the other person, you've given them something to fight with and get angry over. That's so powerful, isn't it? It's the I statement is very, very important. And I always like that little thing that I do with my children where if you point a finger at someone else and use the you, so if you do your fingers in like a gun shape, you point your finger, you've got three coming right back at you. So you've got to be careful of that. The eye is very, very powerful. My, excuse me, my favorite way of saying no is the sandwich method. Now the sandwich method, bread, sorry, paleo, paleo <laughs> diet people, but this is a simile here. Bread, ham, bread, process meat. So we go, <laughs> the bread is the good, the ham, is the negative. Okay, so we're going to go good, negative, good. So an example would be on a date. Now, this is a really tricky one. How do I tell someone, I don't want to go on a second date. I don't want to see them anymore. You've had this lovely evening. You've enjoyed meeting them, but you just don't want to go on another date. And they're pushing for it. Awkward situation. Most people would struggle to say no with kindness here. So the easiest way is to say something positive. I Start with the I statement. I've really enjoyed getting to know you today. Thank you so much for spending time with me. I'm not sure that we're really, that you're really what I am looking for. I am looking for something that, no, I've just mucked that up. You do, you put a you in and see how easy it is to do. It is. She turned it on to the person. I did. I did. And I know, so you might want to rehearse this before you go out and do your little dumping. You do. (laughs) You absolutely do have to. Absolutely. Yeah, that's interesting. I just stuffed that up. I actually said that a million times to clients. And this is a prime example of how these little things slip into, and you know, 
the, the sky's not going to fall down, but there's 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 more um, suave ways to handle this stuff, and there's different types of no's because there are people that genuinely deserve like a really good um, explanation. Perhaps if it has been a ten year relationship or a something, and, and you're actually blocking somebody out. It's going to probably need a fair bit of discussion, not just a no and goodbye, right? <laughs> yes, that's okay. going to work. Um, but texting is going to work for the, the cleaning lady or the hairdresser that you've tried a couple of times and you don't need to see again or, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, I've got to admit, and we all have our vulnerable moments of weakness, don't we? And sometimes there's people out there who just know how to hook into that little vortex, that little black hole of when you're having that one moment of neediness and they get right in straight away. One time I was coming home from work. I got bowed up on my doorstep by somebody trying to sell me an Optus package. Now, I don't know how. This is so not my personality. But within half an hour, he's on my couch. He's signing me up. We're ringing the, the network and all of that. And my gut feeling is screaming at me, what are you doing, Rebecca? <laughs> and by that point, do you think I could get rid of him? I mean, I couldn't. He was on the couch. He was in, you know, it was all happening. We were half an hour into a negotiation, which I just let snowball and snowball and snowball because I had no idea where to insert the no. Why? Because he probably had the well-rehearsed script plan, didn't he? <laughs> That's it. And that does bring us back to scripts, which I should have prepared better for for this conversation. So my apologies for the slip-up. So, you know, back to the dating thing. I think it would be best to say something along the lines of, you know, thank you so much for this evening. I've really enjoyed spending time with you and getting to know you better. I'm not ready for a second date. I would, however, like to say that I think you're fabulous and I do wish you good luck. I believe that whoever you do end up with is going to be a very lucky lady. That's it, as long as it's your truth. I don't want people lying either. But you find something kind to say about somebody. You say something nice, you give them your thing, and then you say something nice because we're not about being cruel. This is about how do I say no and be guilt-free yes. of the no. We want you to be guilt-free. So it's another example was, you know, I had this lovely lady who she said, oh, you know, he wants to see me on a Wednesday night and he always wants to do Wednesday night. Do Wednesdays are too hard for me. So tell him. Oh, but I just know he'll talk me into it. No, just say, I'm really enjoying getting to know you a lot. Wednesdays don't work for me. I'm unable to see you on a Wednesday. I am free, however, on a Friday. Would that suit you? What's wrong with that? You know, very clear. But that scenario is where the fear comes in is because they are fearing that the conflict, that they're going to have to end up capitulating and doing something that they don't want to do. And I don't want to confuse people because it might seem to some people like, oh, but if you're going around in life saying no, aren't you just making more drama or aren't you setting up situations of, you know, like bouncing off each other or unease or, but actually what people need to understand is when we're talking boundaries, we're not really talking boundaries, we're talking energy culture. Yes. We're talking about that little space, that little invisible space that exists around you, sort of spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, okay? And within that space, you know, do you let people in or not? You can let them in physically. Do you let them in emotionally? Do you let them in spiritually, uh, mentally in terms of how much do you worry about them, stress about them, how much do they drain your energy even when they're not there? So that's what we talk about when we, when we talk about letting people in. That's what we mean. So when it comes to energetic boundaries, which is what this all, all boils down to, the reason we are trying to teach people how to say no, because let's face it, particularly us women have never been taught by our people-pleasing mothers who want to entertain and have everybody like them and be on the social committee and play tennis and be invited to the barbecue. Oh, you can't ever say no. Don't turn that down. What if you miss out? Or what if gossip, gossip, please refer to the previous podcast. <laughs> um, 
you know, we, we have to relearn how to say no in a way that actually preserves our energy. So we can devote our time to beautiful, healthsome, wholesome activities with loving people that don't drain us and we get our values and priorities straight. Very well said. Very well said. And as people have trouble doing this, you know, one of the things I encourage people to do whenever you've got a new tool in place is it's time to journal. It's time to document your evidence. So you may have identified that I have trouble saying no because it means people won't like me anymore or I have trouble saying no because it means I'm going to get into an altercation, an argument. What I want you to do is start with little things that really don't matter, that if you lose the battle of saying no, you actually aren't going to feel like something's been taken away from Practice homework. That's it. It's practice time. And so as you start with something little, so it could be uh, somebody wanting at work, they will always come up and say, where's my cup of coffee? And you want to say, no, I'm in the middle of something. I can't get that for you now. So rehearse it. It's a little thing that if you say no, you know it's not really going to be a problem or you think it might be. But if you feel that you've bored into it and you are feeling uncomfortable, you just go and make them a cup of coffee, okay? Now, what I want you to do is practice your wording of, I would like to get you a cup of coffee. Can you wait for half an hour? I need to finish my project at the moment. All right, so delay. Delay is another good thing. So you can try that. See what the reaction is. Now, the chances are the reaction is going to be, oh, yeah, fine, thank you. And then write that down in your journal that night. This is the scenario. This is what I said. This was the outcome. And then the next time you use no was to babysit somebody's children while you're working at home during school holidays and you really don't want to do it. Let's see what happens. Do they just move on and ask someone else or did they have an argument with you that it's your job to look after their children? They likely just moved on. Document it again. Write the outcome because when you're in moments of weakness, you can reread your journal to realize that you've gathered new evidence that says when I say no, it doesn't mean this. When I say no, it just simply means no. It is nothing more than that. Thus, you begin to raise your confidence. You get to become a little bit more comfortable and familiar with being the no-sayer. And you know what? This is all about personal power. You're actually beginning to increase your personal power. Because sometimes, you know, as well, there might be a situation, let's say a couple's been married for 15 years and she's let something go on a bit too long and it might not be anything terrible. Maybe it's just that she he always plays golf every Sunday and it's after about seven years it's really starting to bother her. And she still lets it go on, she still lets it go on because, you know, there's a million things we can say in her head. I'll just let that go or I'm not going to bring that up now or he's in a bad mood, he's tired now, we won't talk about that. And another three years go by and she still gets shitty about the golf on Sundays. And finally one day she realises it really has started to detract from her well-being back to the energy. Her energy is being so zapped for the rest of the week because of this unspoken battle that hasn't even happened that, you know, she's not saying no and she hasn't put a boundary down about something she feels is important to her, in this case, quality time. So sometimes the no is a situation that might be very long running with a person that you know very well. And in those cases, it might be a bit awkward or tricky to have to to know how to suddenly jump in the deep end or navigate into that, Jane. Gently. Look, it's really just about expressing feelings of Having the conversation that starts with, I love that you play golf. I love that you keep fit and active, that you connect with the people that you're playing golf with. I need to share with you, I'm starting to feel it's difficult every Sunday morning. 
I would actually like to be spending more time with you. Perhaps this is a family time. Would there be any possibility of looking at it not being every Sunday? She's giving him options. She's keeping it open-ended. She's using a lot of eyes for those of you taking notes at home. (laughs) You know, it is gentle negotiation. It's not a sledgehammer. You don't want to get into a fight. But if you turn around and say, I hate you playing golf, you're not doing it anymore. Yes. Well, guess who's not going to be happy? So just be careful with your nose. If it's something that's been annoying you for ages and it's all bottled up, it might all come out in a Russian sound terrible because it's the first chance you've got to say, this is how I feel, blah, 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 and it all comes out absolutely. And then, of course, probably the poor stunned person has no idea this has been going on for seven years or three years. You know, so just be a little bit, maybe you need to do a practice test on a girlfriend first and have a download. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of practice. Practice everything. Yeah. Everything. You know, visualization, Beck, you and I do so much visualization. It's a very, very powerful tool. And it's just simply, you know, you could be lying in bed, just peacefully start, close your eyes and just start to imagine the conversation going beautifully. Imagine the words flowing perfectly. Imagine the response being respectful. And then... You can imagine different scenarios, different words, different ways. How am I going to handle if he says this? I don't want you to get paranoid and spend your whole day in your head going through 20 different scenarios. No. But start to picture it being a really beautiful, energetic exchange. All that you were doing is gently sharing that you've had a shift in how you feel about golf. Now, it's taken you seven years to get to this point, so you don't need to have it fixed that Saturday or that Sunday. You can have this start to raise that there is an issue and could we look at different outcomes of how this perhaps could be rectified. Mm. But having said that, you know, my experience is that when you are able to enable other people to achieve what they want to achieve, they will actually reciprocate. The energy will be bounced right back at you. So when you want to go for a girls' weekend or you want to go to the movies every Saturday afternoon with your girlfriends or whatever it is that you want to do, it's not going to be a problem. Mm. So it is looking also at what is it that the Sunday morning thing is really bringing, what is it really making me feel? Is it that he just gets up and walks out the door without any consideration for me? Then is that actually a pattern that's been occurring throughout the seven days that you only notice it on a Sunday and you're blaming it on the golf? And it's actually got nothing to do with the golf. Oh, this is good. So what I would want people to do then is really look at how can I achieve that that I desire in a different way so he can still go to golf, but I'm actually going to get my needs met as well, which is I want to be made to feel special. Could I articulate to him that I'm feeling a little detached? It isn't about the golf, but could we create some time that is our time? And can you be spontaneous about this and make me feel connected and valued in your life as much as your value in golf? Now, Jane, mm-hmm. it would be remiss of us on the Love Life show to be talking about boundaries and not talk about sex. <laughs> okay, bring it. What, we have to say the word about? sex. Well, I mean, look, no is one of them biggest things in the world when it comes to sex. I've got the best answer for this. I haven't even asked the question yet. Off she goes. Oh, sorry. There's no, no, go, 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 go. Okay, well, you know what? That's really awkward in the whole dating world. How do I say no? People get so, women generally get so hung up on this. The easiest way of saying no is to simply say, you know what? I've really enjoyed spending time with you. I'm not ready to go there yet. Now, all he's heard is the words he's, that you've enjoyed his company, 
and the word yet. So you score a second date. And the second date, he tries it on again and you smile and you very sweetly say, I've really had a great night. I'm enjoying getting to know you better. I feel like I've learned a lot more about you this time. I'm still not ready to go there yet. And you can tease and fun and flirty. It's a compliment. It's nothing to be feared. There's another podcast, Jane. Can you remember which one it was that we did oh, where we I talked know. about the 90-day rule? Which is Sex or love on Valentine's Day. Is that the one it was? Yeah. So if you need to listen, yeah. go back and we do it properly. But th- this is another good boundary one for people who have real difficulty with their sexual boundaries. If they fall into bed with people who breathe, <laughs> this is the – it can be the three-month or the one-month. It depends on the amount of time you need. But it's another good one just to have as your in your little rule book um, just to keep you on track. Mm. Well, look, another one once – so let's say you've now had four dates and he's hit on you four times and you've used the same line you can actually then very speak your truth I'm really enjoying spending time with you I'm not sure where this relationship's going to head however I don't have sexual I don't become sexually intimate with somebody until I am in a committed monogamous relationship I respect myself Mm. and you know what men want keepers they don't want the girl that's been around the block 16 times. It, don't, it does take guts to say that, though, right? Yeah, but once you do it once, it's so empowering. It would be. It's it's empowering. Now, there's only going to be two responses from him. He's either going to hear the word yet and ask for another date because he's also like you, he's into you, yeah. or he's going to run for the hills and you're not going to hear from him again. Now, if that happens, you've just got to believe me on this, he was never a keeper. He was only there for sex. Yeah. Now, if that's what you're wanting, well, then go for it, and then we don't need to be talking about how to say no. Mm. But if you are not wanting that, that's how you determine the difference between a player and a keeper. Respect, yeah. So stop and think, I dodged a bullet. Thank you. I actually used the word no, and I dodged a bullet, and I stopped bonding with somebody through oxytocin that I hardly know. Okay, Jane, what about during the act if it suddenly becomes a no? A girl. Oh gosh, you're dropping your hard one on me right am. now. Because this is real life, and I'm I'm always thinking of teenagers. So I, you know, it's just me. I always default to teens, and and to the younger women, and how we can teach our daughters some of that behaviour. And men too. Everyone's got their sexual boundaries. Okay. Everyone's got their limits. All okay. Right. We know things like safe words. Like if you're going to be getting into kinky play, you, you, you use a word that's not a sex word. It's a word like alligator or something that's got nothing to do with anything. And you, if you pull that word out, your partner knows you're serious, and they back off. And there's a lot of trust that has to be involved in those sorts of relationships. However let's say a girl and guy met each other lots of chemistry in a pub they go home she's a bit drunk they fall into bed and all of a sudden she just she's just not I mean this is a very controversial one isn't it and I know in courts of law people get a little bit sort of she was asking for it or you know but she let him on and you know they were nearly there and you can't just turn around and say no at that point or who does that um well you can that's the thing you absolutely can it's gray area stuff but yes i I, you know what it it, it is gray area stuff in people's individual minds it's not in mine it's black or white we can stop doing anything that we do in life anything at any point in this moment we only have this moment we don't have anything forward doesn't exist yeah at any point it is perfectly fine to say no oh my but you know we've got the schoolyard thinking of oh but he's got an erection he's going to be in so much pain now if he doesn't have an <laughs> orgasm i mean you know what no the, the teenage kids need to hear that that's all the the boys have spread that rumor <laughs> to make sure that the girls go all the way blue balls <laughs> <laughs> um and the fear though there is also that fear that they're going to get violent with me well you know what okay fine line here between i don't want you being in a situation where somebody is getting violent with you. The chances are if you're with a dodgy, if you're with somebody that is going to not respect you saying no, 
I've changed my mind. I I feel that I'm not fully in my facilities here. I've you know I've drunk too much. I really would prefer to be completely consciously aware when we experience this. I'd really like to stop now. Uh, that all our statements, it's all completely true in this particular scenario. If that man doesn't respect that and he gets angry or he, he ignores you, you literally just get out of that bedroom or wherever you are, just move from that place, grab your clothes and get out. You've dodged a bullet. You know, if a man is incapable of respecting you and listening to you in any moment, run for the hills. He is never worthy of a second date. Because that's where uh, maybe a, a verbal no won't cut it. And there will be situations in life where it can't just be a no. It has to be the actions have to follow suit. As that's well. right. That's yeah. right. And, and, you know, not even just to do with sex here, but there will be people out there who just don't hear no. They are like really thick-headed or they're just, you know, it's like you need to bash them over the head with a cricket bat three times before they get the message. Like, li- Not literally. But, you know, there will be people out there who a subtle no is not going to work. And it's, you know what I think that is as well? I think sometimes it's the universe testing you because you think, oh, Phil, if I said no, I did it. I passed the test. Here comes here come my personal power. I'm confident. And then the person comes back again. Okay, great. Well, yeah, let's do it on Sunday then. And you're like, oh, now I've got to say no again. Maybe you didn't do it well enough the first time. Maybe you didn't do it with enough oomph. Whatever it is the universe is saying, go back and just have another go at that one. And you still might be kind of towing around on the edge of the pool, a bit afraid to jump in. You still might kind of do the, um, oh, just which I'm just really snowed under right now. But that's not a no either. So then they're going to come back again. Absolutely. I had that happen exactly that thing last week, one evening, sitting, relaxing with my family, having an evening meal, and the salesman rings. And I just said, look, now's not a good time. When's a good time? And I said, I'm not sure. I said, perhaps I'll take your number and I'll call you back. And on and on he went with his sales bill. And I said, yes. I'm sorry. I feel that you are not listening to me. I do not want this conversation now. Now, we can get rude, we can hang up. This is the word rude. We can keep repeating ourselves. It's that point where I feel as a person I am being rude because this is not how I behave on an everyday basis. However, I'm not dealing with somebody that I normally deal with on an everyday basis. I don't have people in my life, thankfully, where I can control. I don't have people in my life that I have to be so assertive with. But it is a good exercise to practice assertiveness. Again, you use your I statements and I just kept repeating myself. I'm sorry, I feel you're not hearing me. I don't want to have this conversation now. Oh, but, 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 I'm sorry, I feel you're not hearing me. I don't want to have this conversation now. And by the third or fourth or fifth time, I don't know how many times I said it, he went, okay, because he's run out of sales. I'm not responding to any of his keywords. He's got nowhere to go. He's got no script to go. He's mm, done. Yeah. So he starts repeating himself and then he bumbles and says, oh, all right, this is a dead end. Get off the phone. <laughs> so you held tight in that one. You really held, I did hold, tight. hold strong. And, and it felt really good in that it was the universe testing. You know, how are you going to handle this? Am I going to hang up the phone? Am I going to sit there and, and, and capitulate and I'm use that word twice today and listen to this person for the next half an hour and take away from my family time? Um, I'm not going to promise to ring him back because I don't know if I really will. So I'm just going to tell him the truth. I don't want to talk about it. Not interested. Not now. Yeah. And yeah. so I did hold firm that it is a test because 
it isn't my natural state to be that assertive. We're not always called into having to be like this. It's just a no. few occasions in life. No. And that's why it's tricky because we usually haven't had much practice, have we? No. And, you know, the word rude keeps bouncing around in my head because I was in a – I've got a women's group. Anyone who's listening, you're welcome to come if you're in Adelaide. <laughs> well, once a month we talk about spiritual stuff. And we did one last year, which was um, – it was a bit on this topic. It was about scary things that have happened to us. In other words, it is about boundaries in life, isn't it? It, yeah. was, it was a room full of women and I was actually quite shocked. I guess statistically if you do get a room full of women together, you're going to have a lot of quite scary, violenty, rapey kind of stories come out and there were, which then, of course, escalated us into, well, what do we tell young girls? How, how do we make sure other people don't make the mistakes we made in vulnerable situations where yeah, we didn't. We weren't listening to the gut feeling, or we didn't know how to say no, and we ended up in a place that was actually not only scary but dangerous, and that sort of stuff. So, one of the girls, uh, she's a young mum, and she said, "Look, this is what I've always told my daughter," and I thought this was brilliant, which is why I'm sharing it with you. She said, "I've told my daughter." Um, that there's, and this goes back to the people pleasing stuff because women always want to be nice and deliver things in a lovely way. I've told my daughter that there is one time in your life that is perfectly acceptable to be rude. And, you know, and that is obviously if you ever feel like your life is threatened or you're in, you're in any sort of danger or your gut feeling is screaming at you. And she said, I don't care if a principal comes and complains to me, if a parent complains to me, if somebody knocks on my door and says your daughter was being rude, if you tell me that you genuinely feel in a deeply uncomfortable situation, she said, I will back you up and you that. need to know that That's and beautiful. yeah so it is important that girls understand there are times when the polite no ain't going to cut it and you don't need to use that kind of language it is just no and you get out and you Very don't worry about how you're perceived at all That's even right. with the, the the creepy old man and you're still kind of thinking oh but i don't want to be rude to him come on that's right come on that's right it's so embedded in us to not be rude isn't it yeah but hopefully we have brought some light to that of, of, of ways to overcome rudeness and I think, we perceive as rudeness. I think we've given quite a few tools and tips, I hope, in this half hour and perhaps the next step for people to do in their own lives because everybody has their own boundaries that they're currently negotiating or letting something slip a bit too much further than they'd like or whatever. Perhaps it's, it's pen and paper time now for those of you playing at home. So, you know, a bit of a list on where in my life, and this is how, this is how I identify it, where in my life do I currently feel a little bit drained? What's draining me? Because it might be, it might not even be needing to say no to another person. It might be something a no to yourself. Like, okay, that's it, Rebecca. No more Facebook after eight o'clock at night. Or, you know, no more smoking a cigarette or eating a certain food or doing something that you just know is draining you. So you've got to set your own boundaries and then outward from yourself. Where can I learn to um, start to get a little bit more personal power saying no to my boss? Because bosses are tricky ones. You do want them to like you. We can't muck around too much with a boss, can we? You know, they pay you. They're paying your mortgage. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, pen and paper, get the list down of all of the areas in your life that you know that you need to reinstate a boundary and then perhaps going back through, look at some of the tools and tips we've offered to figure out some ways to best handle each of those situations because they will all need to be handled slightly differently depending on what they are. Absolutely. And I would like to just say in closing, speak from your heart. When you speak your truth softly, gently, from your heart, the soul knows no resistance. Beautiful. We're all about taking the path of least resistance here. <laughs> Have a lovely day. You're on the love couch with Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. And Have a great day. We'll see you next week. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.